Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers on the station that's raising the game for women's football. TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. After snow forced the postponement of several fixtures last weekend, the Barclays FAWSL was back with a bang as Matt Beard's Bristol City bounced back to ignite their fight against relegation. Daniels has a goal. Oh, what a goal from Yana Daniels. What a brilliant goal. Chelsea cement their spot at the top with a 4-0 win over Spurs. Leopold in space. Leopold's with the shot. And it's gone all the way in. What an effort that is from Melanie Leopold's. And somewhat perhaps against the run of play, Chelsea have taken the lead. But is their boss, Emma Hayes, a wanted woman? With reports League One side AFC Wimbledon are interested in her to fulfil their vacant manager's position. And Kristen Press ensures that Manchester United keep up the pressure on the leaders, sealing all three points against Everton. Playing it through for Press. Can she finish it? Yes, she can. Kristen Press doubles Manchester United's lead. All that, plus a chat with Sky Sports and Tom Tullui about the January transfer window, as well as all the results from the championship. Well, the one, anyway. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Others. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs, and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Happy Monday to you all. How are you doing? Busy old weekend, hasn't it been? Right, got some cracking guests for you today. Hello to the birthday girl from last week, Farrah Williams, England's record cap holder, of course, and Reading midfielder. How are you doing, Farrah? Very well, thank you. Excellent. You sound like you're laughing during that. You, you <laughs> yeah. hate any kind of attention. Uh, also with us for the first 10 minutes of the show is Bristol City's interim boss, Matt Beard, fresh from his side's 3-0 win over Bristol City. I bet you celebrated that one, Matt. Uh, sort of. <laughs> sort of? I hope you did. <laughs> right, well, listen, we're going to talk about that massive win shortly, but I want to talk to you both 
about a story that surfaced a couple of hours ago uh, regarding Chelsea boss Emma Hayes. So the Express reported that League One club AFC Wimbledon are considering her for their vacant manager's position. They, of course, uh, parted ways with Glyn Hodges on Saturday night after a 2-0 defeat to MK Dons. Uh, This has got some Chelsea fans a little bit rattled, understandably, uh, but also got many people excited because if this is the case, it would really be groundbreaking. Uh, Her contract is also up with Chelsea in the summer, so surely there are going to be plenty of clubs circling. As I understand it, no approach has actually yet been made by the club to Emma, but she'd be an ideal candidate, wouldn't she, Farah? Yeah, I think it's credit to the work that um, Emma's done over the past years and certainly this year with with her Chelsea team. Do I see it as a, a good opportunity for Emma to go and take, you know, a relegating a relegation battle with a, a League One club? Um, no. Um, I think the odds would all be against her going into that position. Um, so I, I would say the position she's in at the minute with Chelsea is a much better position for her. But I think it's great that, you know, she's being spoken about in that bracket, you know, to go and work within the men's game. And as you say, if, if, if it is to happen, it's fantastic and it opens up doors for many other women in uh, within the game. Yeah, it certainly does. If appointed, she'd become the first woman uh, to manage in Britain at senior level. Obviously, former England captain Mary Phillips in charge at Peckham Town at the minute, but that's the 11th tier of English football. What, what did you make of this story, Matt? Um, I think it's obviously good for, for the women's game. I don't think it would be a good move for Emma personally. I, I think Farrah's just hit the nail on the head. You know, she's working for a fantastic club at Chelsea and, you know, that they could go all the way this year in the Champions League. Um, I, I didn't realise her contract was up in, in, in the summer, so that, that, that was an interesting uh, point there. But no, I, I think I don't think it would be the right move for, for, for Emma personally. I, I think she's at a better club in the sense of, you know, where, where she is at the moment and where they are at the moment. Where do you think she should be? linked with you know there were obviously people saying she was the natural successor to to Frank Lampard I don't think Chelsea would have necessarily have done that but it's not been the first time she's been linked with the the first team manager's job uh, as uh, at the men's team for sure where where could you see her her going Um, I I really don't know I I don't see her leaving Chelsea you know she's been there so long now you know from our conversations with her and from you know what, what the players say you know, they want to win the Champions League. Um, and that's something that, that they've not done as, as yet. And um, so I, I don't think she'll go anywhere. Um, I know she's been linked with Grimsby in the past. You know, she's been linked with the men's job at Chelsea, which obviously um, is understandable when she's working at the club. But uh, I, I don't think she'll she'll go anywhere. I think she'll start Chelsea. And um, I think they've got a great chance of, of obviously winning the Champions League this year. Yeah, and, and, and more the way they're going. Uh, Farah, it's, it's important, though, that she's actually being linked with these jobs because, as you say, people are starting to notice what an absolute superb coach she is. Yeah, and that's what it's about. I mean, take gender out of it. I think, you know, Emma Hayes is, is well known for, a, you know, a, a technical and tactical understanding of the game. Um, she's a fantastic coach, uh, managed at a very highest level. The route I'd like to see, I'd like to see her win the Champions League. I think that's something that she's wanted to do with this Chelsea team. She's done it in the past with, with Arsenal. I think she's invested so much time and effort into this Chelsea team, and she's got a you know a fantastic squad this year to that you know in, in my opinion are, are have the, have the ability to go on and win that. 
And then I'd like, I would like to see her in the men's game. I would like to see her, you know, be that driving force for the women uh, to take opportunities within the men's game. You know, I certainly think she has the capabilities to do that. Um, and I hope an opportunity comes up for her, but I just don't think this AFC Wimbledon one is the one. And for, for me in the long term, I'd love to see Emma Hayes, you know, after she's achieved these things with Chelsea, you know, been and worked in the men's game, you know, take the England women's uh, job at some point further down the line, maybe to finish off her managerial career would be something special. Yeah, that that would be special. Um, as a woman who's who's a coach in the game at the moment, I know that you're part of the elite talent pathway uh, with the FA at, at the moment under under Hope Powell Farah. How much would seeing Emma Hayes go into the men's game and coach in the men's game be a groundbreaking thing to to, to happen and open the floodgates for for other female coaches? I think that's exactly what it would do. It opens so many doors to so many female coaches out there. I think, you know, once one female is out there and given the opportunity to showcase what they can do, I think many, many other doors will open for other females. I don't think it's about whether you're male or female. I just think it's mm. about whether you're able, you know, to do the job. And for me, Emma Emma Hayes is one of, the, you know, the very best in terms of female coaches in England to be able to go and do that and, and not just do it as a, as a PR thing, but somebody that is more than capable of taking on the challenge of managing within the men's game. Yeah, and that is really important. And that's something that we shout about all the time here on Women's Football Weekly in particular. Doesn't matter what gender you are, if you're good enough to do the job, you should be doing it. Um, Right, listen, we will keep you up to date on the latest there. Intriguing, that's for sure. But let's focus on Bristol City's first win of the season, shall we? Pike making her debut on loan from Everton as Daniels has a goal! Oh, what a goal from Yana Daniels! What a brilliant goal! That is a great way to start. Ball forward for Salmon. Salmon has got there ahead of Letizia. Ebony Salmon for 2-0. She just doesn't miss. She wasn't going to miss. And it's her fourth of the season and Bristol City go 2-0 up. Well, we couldn't have a better guest, could we, to discuss Bristol City's 3-0 win over Brighton than the interim manager himself, Matt Beard. I mean, you must have been chuffed to bits, not just with the result, but the performance as well, Matt. Yeah, no, it's, um, I've, I've, been, I've been really pleased with, with, the, with the players and the staff since I've been in. Um, you know, they've worked incredibly hard in, in sort of the two weeks that we, we've had to... Oh! I think we've lost Matt just at the opportune moment where he was telling us all about his first couple of weeks in charge of Bristol City. We'll try and get him back on the phone at the moment. But Farah, I mean, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? But this transition between Tanya Oxtoby, um, who's left on maternity leave, and, and Matt Beard clearly has been a successful one with two, you know, it's almost like two brains are better than one. You know, Bristol thought of thought of this idea. You know, you would hate to have seen her just leave the game because she wanted to, you know, go and, you know, have a family. So the fact that they they've been able to bring Matt Beard in until the end of the season, until she's back from maternity leave, is a fantastic thing that the the club have done. Uh, in terms of the job that that Matt's done there to turn the team around so quickly, you know, and get them to get that three 0 result against, uh, you know, a very good organised Brighton team, is fantastic. Um, I mean, I watched the game myself and uh, and thought, you know, I could start to see the impact that Matt was having, having played under him before. Um, 
he's very well, infectious. Well, give, 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 it, give us some insight in, into that because because what kind of impact can someone like Matt make in, t- in two weeks? Yeah, I think a really big impact. I think what Matt does really well and what I really enjoyed about working under Matt was he likes to get to know you as a player. And I think the better that the manager knows you as a person, sorry, um, the better you can perform as a player. So I'm sure within those two weeks, he would have done his utmost to, to get to know the individual and understand what help, uh, best helps them, them, them work. And that's what he did with us at Liverpool. He thought about us as people before players. And I think that's really important to, to get players on board. Um, and then he'll get them organised. He'll get them into some good shape. And and once he's got that, you know, be hard to beat to start. And and you know, and then the goals will come from that. So and I think you've seen that they were they were hard to beat. They you know they defended very well, um, having not conceded. And then they have Ebony, Ebony Salmon up front. And and at the minute her her you know her pace up front is electrifying. And you know, give her a chance. She, she's going to score it. Matt's back with us now. Matt, um, we were just discussing uh, the work that you've been able to do with the players in two weeks and Farah talking very highly about you after your time at, at Liverpool and the impact you've been able to have on the players. But Ebony Salmon in particular, is she the type of player at 20 years old who's going to be able to get you out of this rut that you found yourself in? Uh, listen, Ebs is going to go to the top. She, she's a she's a fantastic talent. She's more than just off the shoulder as well, by the way. You know, seeing her close up in training, um, and she just wants to get better every day and every week as well. I, I think the one thing that I just wanted to do with the group when I come in was, I heard what Farah said, so I'll send you that 20 quid in the post, Faz, that's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, uh, I, just, I just wanted them to express themselves more than anything else. Look, we had, we had to work them harder in training with regards to the physical standpoint and the intent that they were training at. Um and, and we're starting to see the rewards of that. We've we, we still got loads to tidy up on, but I, I, I've been really, really impressed with them. You know, they're, they're better players than what I think they've shown over the course of this season and maybe last year. I know Tanya had troubles with keeping everyone fit, and I think this is probably the first weekend in, in many a month that we, we had a full team to choose from. And, of course, we, we let Chloe go in the week, and we had Akira and um, Molly as well, which gives us a little bit more depth and a little bit more tactical flexibility as well. But... Um, there's some really, really good players at this football club and I'm excited to see what we can do over the next sort of nine, ten games. What what does the first home league win in nearly two years do psychologically for for the players as you come into the, the second half of the season? Um, well, I didn't even I didn't know that to be perfectly honest with you, but it's just a reaction after the game, you know, that we've seen those smiles on their faces. You know, talking about the clean sheet as well, which was was vitally important. Um, as I said, ever since I've been there, they've just been they've they've been fantastic to work with. You know, everyone just gets their head down, works hard, gets on with their job, um, and and for me, that's been really really refreshing. Um, just also for me, just to be able to get on with my job, you know, without interference from, you know, uh, you know other uh, other people. You know, you to get your head down, work hard, and better rewards that you get from it. You're now within two points of Villa and uh, West Ham. Obviously, Villa's game against Arsenal was called off because of waterlogging. They've obviously got a game in hand over you. But how confident are you that that you can keep Bristol City in the Barclays FAWSL? Um, Listen, it's out of our hands. Um, All we can do is just pick up as many points as we can. Uh, You know, we identified teams like Brighton, Villa... um, after watching West Ham Sunday, you know, they're, they're down to the bare bones when it comes down to numbers, looking at their squad, and they've got another tough game against Chelsea in the week. So 
we could be playing West Ham at a good time. Um, as I said, it's out of our hands. All, all I can do is just keep this group focused and you know, if, we'll try and pick up as many points as we can. If that keeps us up, then it would be an unbelievable achievement. Um, if it doesn't, then we'll, we'll give it a, you know, we'll, we'll go as far as we can and, and just push the teams above us as best we can. A couple more things to ask you before I let you go. Um, yep. Cho So-Hyun on deadline day, uh, loan move from West Ham to Everton, obviously West Ham, your former club. Um, yep. And then Alicia Lehman as well on loan to Everton. What did you make of those two players uh, exiting? Um, Alicia, uh, Alicia was probably the best move for Alicia. Um, you know, I've seen comments that Alicia's got other, uh, you know, that football isn't her priority. I can I can tell you now for a fact, Alicia Lehman's football is our priority. Um, yeah, I think it's the best move for her for what, for whatever reason. Um, you know, certain personnel at West Ham, you know, since Russ went, didn't like her. Um, so I think it's the best move for her. Uh, Cho, I can't believe they've let her go without replacing her. If I'm being honest with you, you know, Dagny Brinner's dot tray isn't isn't a Cho type of player. I think if you look at West Ham's transfer window, they've let you know let players go without replacing them, and they're already thin, you know, thin numbers wise. So I don't think they've had a good transfer window this January, and especially the fact that I think there's what three or four outfield players on the bench, and two weren't even fit enough to play the weekend. So. I don't think it's been a good window for West Ham. And as I said, for for, for me at Bristol City, it's, it's a great opportunity to play them with three games in seven days with such a thin squad. Yeah, for sure. Just finally, you've got a massive Conti Cup semi-final against Leicester midweek. How are you feeling about that? And uh, will will this win at the weekend have given you a little bit of extra momentum going into that? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think if you look at... We, they've, we've played three games since the turn of the year and we've won two, so... You know, that's a, that's a real positive for us. It's going to be a tough game. Leicester are flying in the division below. Obviously, I know Russ well from my time at West Ham, who's their head of football, and we still speak on a regular basis. So I'll be looking forward to seeing him again. But listen, we've got a great opportunity to get to a cup final. And, you know, what a great 2021 it could be for Bristol City if we can get to a cup final and build on the great work that Tanya done in, in the group stages in the court final. And, you know... We could go into an international break, potentially, if results go our way off the bottom of the table. And it'd be a great start for me. And, you know, I think that, and it'd be a great start for the players. And as I said, they deserve a lot of credit for the way they've gone about, you know, since I've been in anyway. Um, they've been brilliant. Amazing stuff. Brilliant. Thank you, Matt. Listen, you're our main guest next week on Women's Football Weekly. So if we talk any longer, we'll have nothing left to talk about next week. So I'll let you go. Um, Good (laughs) luck midweek as well. Look forward to talking about those next two games with you uh, on Monday. Matt Beard there, uh, interim Bristol City boss, doing wonders uh, there while Tanya Roxby is on maternity leave. Right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others, alongside Reading and England midfielder Farrah Williams. And coming up, we'll round up the rest of the weekend's Barclays FAWS. Action. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the home for women's football. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. 
This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers, and with you as well is England and Reading midfielder Farrah Williams. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again to our podcast, it's available on the TalkSport app, so you can download it today and go to our podcast section. Uh, right, very quickly, Farrah, before we go on to the rest of the uh, Barclays FAWSL action, I just wanted to touch on that Kaylee Green sending off for Brighton. Obviously, they lost 3 to Bristol City as we just discussed but it was a stamp um, pr- pretty nasty really um, and, and not something we see very often in the women's game Yeah, I mean I can't really comment I didn't actually see the stamp myself I'd, I'd switched off by that time but from, from what I've read about it you know, as you mentioned it's certainly something that doesn't really happen in the women's game um, I, I'm, I'm assuming she just had you know, a moment of madness in the game and and lost her control and you know I know Kaylee Kaylee Green has that type of temperament um when she plays and whether you fancy you know, a swimming pool big enough to have its own yacht or just a yacht big enough to have its own swimming pool she needs but really it's dream come true money when she plays Luckily, but Friday, yeah she's obviously Super stepped Jackpot. over the line in, in what she's done but in terms of the actual stamp I haven't seen I've only read and heard comments on it and, and believe it wasn't a nice one yeah, Hope Powell said it was unacceptable. Um, right, though, I tell you what, there were some very acceptable goals for sure in the WSL this weekend. Here's how it played out. Lab. Playing it through for press. Can she finish it? Yes, she can. Kristen Press doubles Manchester United's lead. We've got to accumulate as many points as possible. We've got to start taking points from those top four teams if we want to be recognised top five and, and there's still a lot of points to play for the second half and, and, and we'll try and pick up as many as possible as quickly as possible. I think second half we defended really really well um, and it, we ground out I think a really good result. White to Kelly from the position where she set up the first, finds bronze, fizzes it in, Hemp tries to get on the end of it and scramble it home and it's into the back of the net eventually from Georgia Stanway for well, the pressure just told in the end, City have piled it on. Pacheco has fallen to the turf and Lavelle steams through and just knocks it beyond Arnold. So unlucky, Maz Pacheco. No mercy shown from the USA World Cup winner, Rose Lavelle. Leopold's with the shot and it's gone all the way in. What an effort that is from Melanie Leopold's. And somewhat perhaps against the run of play, Chelsea have taken the lead. Harder in behind has Kerr and Kirby queuing up towards Sam Kerr and that's three. And Chelsea have scored a third before half-time. So Chelsea 4-0 winners over Spurs and weathered a threatening 20-minute first-half spell from Tottenham to secure yet another win. That's now 33 games unbeaten. That 4-0 win midweek against Aston Villa broke the WSL record. They're seeing how far they can extend it, that's for sure, Farah. Yeah, I mean, they've got a fantastic red record. Um, they've started the season so well. I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier in, in the programme, you know, Chelsea have a fantastic squad. Uh, the, the, the strength and depth they have within their squad, you know, and we've seen it firsthand uh, a few weeks ago when they come to our place. And, you know, we, we, we was in the game for 15, 20 minutes against them, a bit like uh, Spurs yesterday. And you allow them into the game with a goal and, and that's it, that they'll dominate from there. But... What Chelsea are very good at is sussing teams out. They'll start a game a certain way with certain tactics and, and really quickly into the game, uh, they recognise which is the best shape for them to play. And you'll see that yesterday in the game against Spurs. You know, Spurs dominated for 
a 15 20 minute period and, and and Chelsea quickly changed their shape and you know started to take control of the game and and from that moment you know they were frightening yeah, they really were. And uh, Melanie Leopold's that fantastic long-range goal uh, to open the scoring was fantastic. But a word for Spurs, for sure, because Rhea Percival hit the post. Shalina Zardowski had a shot that was just over the bar. Kit Graham forced a save from Katrin Berger uh, as well. But as you said, you know, once... Uh, once that opening goal went in, it was it was all Chelsea in the end. Um, let's hear from Emma Hayes, shall we? She was pleased with her side's performance despite that slow start. I think until the first goal, we were sloppy. We were slow in our build. I thought we played into their hands. We played into the bodies they had on the inside of the pitch. I thought our decision-making and composure. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, struggled until the first goal. Um, we made some adjustments in just prior to that that I think helped with that. And from there on in, I think we dominated. I think with so much experience, you have to be calm under pressure. And it's important to recognise you're not going to dominate 90 minutes, but when the momentum's not with you, that you work hard to keep a clean sheet in that moment. Yeah, and they certainly did that. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes there. And, you know, top of the table, uh, Farah, does it look as if that's going to remain the case for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, they were the team that I picked out at the beginning of the season that I thought would go on to win the WSL. So, yeah, I think, you know, I I can't see at the minute anybody beating them. Um, As you say, unless you really get on top of them in that first 10, 15 minute period and take advantage of, you know, their slow start, which they seem to be having, um, then yeah, I can't actually see anybody beating them. They're such an organised team. And she mentioned their, you know, the experience they have and her herself as an experienced manager, remaining calm and composed in those, you know, in those moments when the game's against you, momentum's with the opposition. I think she does that fantastically well and, and, and you know, it really impacts on the players. 
Mm. First defeat for Rianne Skinner, though, still learning, she says. But interesting, they have ambitions. They want to be competing with the top four. And I was very interested when she said top four because that is what it's become in the WSL this season. It was always a top three. And now uh, Manchester United have snuck themselves in and it's a top four. And they were 2-0 winners over Everton. Goals from Ella Toon and Kristen Press. Uh, even though uh, Everton actually controlled most of the second half, they just couldn't create any clear-cut chances. Uh, Jill Scott, though, made her 150th WSL appearance. Love to see that. Uh, just three shots on target for Everton, uh, though, and United had twice as many. But Toon scored her sixth WSL uh, goal of the season. Uh, Presses second as well. I was a little bit frustrated, and I'm sure Willie Kirk, uh, the Everton manager, will have been as well. Dan Turner, more concerned about offside, had her arm up and just lost uh, press for that one. Um, but Interesting, I saw Farah Tobin Heath out for 10 to 12 weeks with an ankle injury she sustained in training. That's a big miss for Man United. Yeah, it certainly will be a big miss for, for them. You know, Tobin's been a fantastic player for them, you know, at the start of the season has really brought something different to their squad. I think Casey's mentioned it, you know, the experiences they're able to share with the, with the young squad that Casey's built. Um, it's only helping them. It's only helping them build that winning mentality that Casey needs them to have in order to compete. Um, but I thought Man United, you know, in the, in the first half yesterday, they were fantastic and, and took opportunities when, when they when they came. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the other game, Manchester City 4, West Ham uh, nil. We talked to Matt Beard, former West Ham United uh, manager earlier on about their transfer uh, business. Uh, but Manchester City dominant, as you'd expect in this one. Goals from Caroline Weir, Georgia Stanway, Ellen White, who's now had 54 WSL goals to her name, and Rose Lavelle as well, her first in the WSL. And the other thing that I'd noticed in this game, Ethan Mannion coming on as a substitute late in the second half, which was her first match since an ACL injury back in 2019 um, City are actually unbeaten since that defeat to Chelsea back in October and they've got Arsenal next Sunday which will be a really interesting one. Uh, West Ham boss Oli Harder saying that uh, the chasm needs to close and actually listening to Matt Beard there it sounds like the chasm is actually widening uh, for West Ham that's for sure. We'll be bringing you um, a little interview with Abby Dahlkamper, uh, the US international who made her day Debut for Manchester City after joining from North Carolina. Um, uh, I nearly called them North Carolina College for no reason whatsoever. Courage <laughs> instead. Uh, that's coming up next. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. I'm Faker Others alongside Reading's Farrah Williams. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. With me, Faker Others alongside England's record appearance maker, Farrah Williams. Now then, let's talk transfers, shall we? I'm hoping that this man coming up next is going to have a yellow tie on for this conversation because he's part of Sky Sports' amazing transfer deadline day team. It is Anton Tolui. How are you doing, Anton? Hey, very nice to speak to you. How are you? Very well. Dressed in yellow? No, unfortunately not. Went for black roll neck today went nice. kind of milk tray look yeah <laughs> very milk tray i love it now listen i wanted to ask you because obviously you've worked um on on women's sports at sky sports for a number of years now do you feel as if this transfer window i think there are 28 wsl uh, deals sealed including some deadline day arrivals as well do, do you feel like definitely it's getting the same kind of drama and attention that that deadline day gets that's today I think we're getting there slowly, to be real. I think there's work to be done. And I think 
until the sums money spent on transfer fees and getting players to move outside of the contract, uh, outside the end of their contract, sort of changes. I think you know it's going to be difficult to hype up the deals. But when you see a you know a World Cup winner come to the WSL, you know halfway through the season, that that perks people's attention, doesn't it? And the fact of the matter is that you know that everybody talks about the title race now. It's gone from three teams to four teams, so that helps as well. So. Everybody's going to look for a little January boost. We saw, the, I think, actually the year before when we saw the likes of Sam Kerr come in halfway through the season. That, for me, was the kind of snowball of, oh, actually, more and more people are going to take interest in, in, in the impact of what, a, what teams can do during a transfer window. Yeah, and that's really key, isn't it? Because you, you get attention by talking about it. And previously, most of the time, Farrell, we couldn't even find any news on any transfers. They just kind of happened, but you didn't know about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's fantastic in the last couple of years, you know, Sky Sports have, you know, certainly showcased the transfer window, especially in the January, you see a lot more of it. And it's fantastic to raise the profile of our game and show that, you know, the, the ins and outs of the of the players coming uh, to the WSL. Um, as you mentioned, I think the attractions of, of the American players has, has been really big this summer and, uh, and certainly, you know, bringing another one in in January has certainly boosted that. Yeah, well, let's hear, shall we, from Manchester City's new signing, Abby Dalhemper. Uh, she told us here on Women's Football Weekly how she's adapting to life in Manchester. No, I had never been uh, in Manchester. In I trade, had been in England, though, um, a couple times, and I uh, was Scotland with, with the national team, actually. So um, I have been here before, um, but I'd never been to Manchester. I think the the city, for what I've seen so far, has been, you know, awesome and um I just like love Europe. So I think it's so cool to be here and to experience that. But um, I think maybe the, the biggest thing is just like finding the right coat to wear, <laughs> finding a warm coat because um, and just kind of being used to being cold often. Ask fellow World Cup winner Alex Morgan. She was very adept at uh, wrapping up warm when she was on loan at Tottenham, wasn't she? And, you know, that's a that's a big statement signing uh, for sure. But w- what else stood out to you, Anton? I think it's interesting um, what's happening at West Ham. To be brutally mm-hmm. honest, we saw Alicia Lehman leave up for, up to Everton, didn't we? And then obviously we saw uh, Tottenham as well, sort of you know, taking Cho. And it's that it's interesting because obviously they're going in a new direction with a with a new head coach. And you know we spoke to, we spoke to Matt Beard on Sky Sports News, and I know you have as well, Faye, about you know about he was surprised to see what West Ham are doing because those two players are so highly thought of. And I think it's kind of you know every every side is is able to sort of, you know, go through a, re- a rebuilding phase. But nobody really sort of saw this one coming, I think. Um, so for me, I think West Ham were the most intriguing club during the transport window. Yeah, for sure. Maria torres dotier from Chelsea to Manchester United. I was interested to hear what um, Chelsea boss Emma Hayes said about that, almost suggesting that perhaps, you know, her contract was due to run out and, uh, and things weren't necessarily going particularly well and, you know, she didn't want that kind of player around. Sorry, I should direct that, shouldn't I? That's I forget. We're not in front of each other. You need to know, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Look, for me, it's interesting because I mean, it sounds quite sort of you know odd to say, isn't it? But a lot of the time, it's always kind of always positive. We always talk about, wasn't oh, it great to have players in? And you know, we never talk about, well, actually, do you know what? The team atmosphere needs a bit of a shake up, and all these kind of things. And again, you start to see these kind of conversations had within the women's game as well. It's it's the you know we're getting to find out, see what happens behind the scenes a little bit, and that kind of thing, which I think people builds the intrigue as well. So, you know, it's not if you just said there's going to be a, a deal between the top two teams. 
it would surprise a lot of people. And, you know, if that happened in the Premier League, people would be absolutely shocked. So it's good to see sort of that get that attention because a defender potentially helping a title rival is a, is a big deal. Yeah, and we're seeing what we probably expected to see uh, in this January transfer window that we're seeing in the men's game as well. A lot of loans rather than permanent signings, Anton? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you look at the fee. So the fee for every year put out a, um, what we call the TMS report, so which, which goes into how much has been spent by by clubs in, in, the, in the world game. And it is increasing year in, year, in, year out on the, on the women's side. But at the same time, it's that, look, we're in a pandemic and there's absolutely no chance clubs were going to go out and spend vast, vast sums of money at the moment when, you know, let's be brutally honest, this season might not finish if, if, there's, if anything happens with any you know, more COVID breaches or we get any new variants or anything like that. So clubs have been very, very mindful of not spending too much and trying to stay within their budget. And yet at the same time, we still had, I think, quite a fairly, fairly interesting and quite exciting transfer window. Yeah, and, and you know, going back to Abby Dalkemper, for example, a two and a half year deal, and we'd seen all the other deals had been loan deals, but that's a massive title chasing statement, and of course, Champions League statement from Gareth Taylor and, and his side, and, and and interesting as well, a two and a half year deal, which we don't see uh, that often. The other one that that really lit me up was uh, Jill Scott going back to Everton. We've discussed this a lot on Women's Football Weekly. I know it wasn't a deadline uh, day move, and we discussed it last week. But still, Gareth Taylor saying that um, uh, Jill Scott still has a place back at Manchester City because she was in a coaching role, Farah. Yeah, I think, you know, for Jill, I think with the Olympics this this summer, uh, I think with the transition of the England coaching staff, you know, Jill's desperate to show that she still, you know, one, has the fitness levels, but two, the capabilities of, of, of breaking into both of those squads and, and staying in the England squad. So I know Jill knows and she thinks it's important that she's playing and, and that she isn't dependent on what she's done in the past, you know, in order to be selected. So for Jill, it was about going to a team where she'd realistically have a better chance of playing more regular football. And, you know, I think that's much needed for Jill, you know, if she is to be selected for this Olympic team in the summer. Mm, it was interesting as well seeing um, another lioness, uh, Abby McManus, going from Manchester United to Spurs. I know she's a United fan because I remember when she joined and I'd spoken to her when we were out in France for the Women's World Cup. And she's going to want to try and get back into the England setup, isn't she, where she's she, she's been out for a little while, Farah? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see that move, you know, when I saw that, you know, she'd gone to Spurs. I think she was doing so well for Manchester United and she was a regular, you know, in their starting eleven until she got injured. And I don't know what's happened since the injury, but she hasn't been able to break back into the, you know, that back to um, with both turners playing so well for them. So it's difficult. And as you mentioned, to, to be in this England team now where it's so competitive, I think you have to be playing regular football to prove yourself. So I think that's what, you know, the decision that's, uh, Abby McManus has made and, and that's why she's gone to Tottenham who, you know, based on what they're trying to do going forward, they look like uh, they're going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Anton, I guess you've got a really busy day uh, coming up. Uh, c- can you expect that perhaps the summer transfer window is going to be getting more attention and now a lot of WSL teams are going to notice, I- I- I've noticed a lot of the, the revealings of um, of players gets more and more elaborate in all forms of football, for sure. Uh, but you can see now that the women's teams are starting to see the commercial pull of of many of these players and what they can, can do for the brand. 
Oh, massively. Absolutely. I think it's, it's going to be huge. And I think, you know, I'm all for the sort of razzmatazz that comes with it behind, behind a big signing. But I mean, like you said, you know, these are global brands and they need to, they need to spread to, to markets and to, and to engage new fans. And that's, that's exactly what they need to do. But I think the next transfer window is going to be absolutely fascinating because we talk about these big name players that came in from the NWSL in last summer, they're all pretty much on one-year contracts apart mm. from Abby Darkemper. So are we going to see the likes of, you know, of, of Tobin Heath and Kristen Press and, 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 and Sidorsky and Van Egmond and all these players? Are they going to sign new deals? What's going to happen there? Or are clubs going to have to go back and maybe try and sign players from Europe or from the NWSL? And we've seen the NWSL respond as well. We've seen some, some big deals since Rose Lavelle went to, you know, went to, in the part of that deal that saw her go to to Manchester City, so she went to OL Reign and uh, got traded for more in excess of £100,000. A couple of players have been traded for an excess of £100,000 in allocation money. The NWSL is fighting back. 2022 is a huge year for them with, with the LA franchise taking, uh, kicking off as well. So you're going to see almost like a competitive kind of what the, what the NWSL and what the WSL do. You're almost going to see almost which league is going to battle for supremacy in terms of which is the biggest league in the world and therefore you might see them trying to sign the same kind of players which can only see transfer fees go up and hopefully be really good for the players because it means hopefully they'll get you know more competition and, and more money out of it oh god you know what that's got me excited very excited for the next transfer window i love a bit of competition usa versus england all over again fantastic hopefully england coming out on top this time around anton always a pleasure to chat to you i know you're a very busy man and your phone is going to be hot today uh, so take care and hopefully we'll chat again soon nice to speak to you Faye. Take care. Anton Saloui from Sky Sports talking about all the latest FAWSL transfers. Uh, right, this is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers alongside Farrah Williams. Uh, if you miss any of the show, don't forget you can find our podcast by downloading the Talk Sport app and searching for Women's Football Weekly. Uh, next, we'll round up the one championship game and we'll look ahead to the Conti Cup semi finals as well as uh, catching you up on any other news we might have missed. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers and keeping you company with me is Farrah Williams, England's record appearance maker. Right then, the championship, there was just one game this weekend. Uh, Charlton missed the chance to climb off the bottom of the table uh, after drawing one all at home with Blackburn on Sunday. Game of two penalties uh, in the end. Uh, Charlton staying bottom but did end their five-match losing streak at home and do have games in hand on those above them as well. Uh, another piece of uh, news for you. Claire Rafferty, friend of the show, of course, and former Chelsea and England defender, has joined Lewis training squad. She's obviously been on the board um, at the Championship Club since 2019. What did you make of that, Farah? She just cannot put those boots up. Yeah, I mean... I think that's something that, uh, you know, Raf struggled with a little bit. I think, you know, she misses being on the pitch. And I think, you know, she had so many injuries throughout her career. She probably still feels she has that little something for the game. So, I mean, it's fantastic if she's putting her boots on and getting herself back out there. 
Yeah, isn't it just? Listen, we're going to be talking uh, properly in depth about the championship on the 15th of February. So I know there are a lot of you championship club fans out there who contact us here on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 on a regular basis. We're going to be focusing in on your clubs uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So stay tuned for that. Of course, one of your clubs is in the Conti Cup semi-finals. Uh, we've already touched on it with Bristol City boss Matt Beard because Leicester City uh, will be playing them on on Wednesday night. What do you think Leicester's chances are? They're top of the championship table, Farah, but facing Bristol City, who are, you know, got their peckers up after that win at the weekend. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it's going to be an exciting game. As you mentioned, Leicester, uh, Leicester are playing really well in the WSL too. Um, you know, look as if they're in a great position to get promoted. Um, but at the same time, Bristol, you know, having won two out of the, the three coming into 2021, they'll be buzzing from that. And, and so I think it'll be a game where Bristol feel they can beat Leicester, but Leicester, you know, being top, they, they, they will probably feel, you know, if they want to compete and be serious about coming into WSL 1, it's a team that they will need to beat. Mm, Chelsea West Ham I mean look I don't want to just go on form because it's a a semi-final but equally it's surely only going to go one way isn't it yeah I mean I I, I don't see any hope for for West Ham within that game Um, the best they can do is probably hold Chelsea for a period of time and and try and keep the scoreline down I think you know Chelsea are far too dominant this season and and West Ham you know squad looking really really small at the minute and uh yeah, they didn't. They brought one player in, I think, in in the transfer window and allowed some players to go. So, yeah, I think you know this is only going one way, and it's a Chelsea win. Listen, if you're listening to the podcast uh, from Thursday onwards, you'll know the results already. So, you know, this won't matter to you at all. But you will know uh, that Vicarage Road has been announced as the host of the final, which will be on Sunday, the 14th of March. Very much looking forward to that. And good luck to all the teams involved. A couple of other bits of news we need to touch on, Farah. Uh, One in particular, this happened on the Tuesday after uh, the show goes out on a Monday night, obviously. Ian Vurink is going to join... England women as assistant coach to Serena Wiegmann uh, this summer. He currently holds the same role, of course, with the Netherlands and the Dutch FA has now approved uh, Wiegmann's request for her assistant to follow her uh, to to the Lionesses. Uh, They've worked together since 2017, uh, leading the Netherlands to the European Championship title and the final of the World Cup uh, in 2019. He was also formerly manager of FC Twente women. I mean, that's quite a dynamic duo to be taking over the health isn't it Farah? Yeah I think it's fantastic for England I think you know certainly she she has a, a lot of trust in him she has a, a very good working relationship with him and I think you know he probably brings a youthful side you, you know to her management I think you know she's more she's older more experienced and you know has been in the women's game for a very long time and I think he probably brings that little bit of modern day football, you know, and then it creates a really good balance between the two of them. I think we've seen that within the Dutch team, you know, how, how good they've been and, you know, and how, how much the players actually enjoy working under both of them. So I'm hoping they bring, the, you know, the same sort of success to our, to our Lionesses, you know, going forward. I know you're doing a lot of work, the elite talent pathway at the FA, spending a lot of time up at St George's Park. And, and as I understand it, whoever, um, I, I know there's a few of you uh, doing this course um, at, at the moment, but as I understand it, because there were some question marks over the fact that there's no English coach uh, necessarily within the setup. But as, as I understand it, that is going to be an opportunity coming up. If, if you were to be given that opportunity, for example, how much would you relish being able to, to learn under these two experienced coaches in the future? 
yeah, I mean, that's something I certainly want to do in the long term, you know, uh, to be an England manager one day down the line. But I'm certainly not ready for that role now. In terms of being able to, to learn under under other coaches, it's something that, you know, I would love to do. You, you know, as a player, I've always enjoyed learning and getting better. And, and that's something that, you know, if given the opportunity to learn as a coach under some of the, you know, the great coaches out there, it's something that I'd certainly... Uh, would welcome um but yeah there's far more experienced and, and qualified you know female coaches out there that you know hopefully you know one of us are, are given that opportunity to do that and i think it's a, it'll be a fantastic move from the fa yeah wouldn't it just it, it would be fabulous because you know you need to get experience from from all around the world i would say different teaching uh styles different coaching styles should, should i say um serena Wiegmann, you know as we know incredibly talented coach but it's vital that she has a number two that she can trust alongside her isn't it Oh yeah, I think that's the most important. I think that's why she's done her, her utmost to bring to bring her number two with her. I think you know certainly when you when you go on this coaching path, you 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 work with people that you you know brings the best out of you, challenges you in the right way, and and sees things not always in the same way, but you can come to a compromise. And yeah, I think that's that's certainly what he does for her. And you know, I'm glad for this England team going forward. She's able to bring him in alongside her because they obviously have a fantastic working relationship. Mm, exactly. Just one other piece of news to bring you as well. Also internationally, Stuart McLaren's been appointed Scotland women's interim head coach for the upcoming fixtures against Cyprus and Portugal, which, of course, are the two uh, final matches of the Euro 2022 qualifying campaign. Uh, that's after the departure of Shelley Kerr. And while the Scottish FA continues its recruitment process for a permanent replacement. Right, Farah, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Why do you always laugh at the end? I <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Listen, we'll get you back on soon for sure. Uh, next week, we're going to have Bristol City manager Matt Beard as our guest for the show. Thanks, though, to Farrah Williams, Anton Tolui from Sky Sports and to all of you as ever for listening. Uh, don't forget, if you do miss any of the show or you want to listen back to any of our specials from last year, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.